0: become Ms. <laughs>
1: guys welcome to episode 49 of macabre misfortunes we're coming up on a year of doing this
0: it's kind of crazy right
1: yeah i mean it seems like it's been literally six months maybe
0: yeah well i hope you guys are still enjoying this so we're happy to do it for you
1: all right so before we get into this story which i think is a fascinating story um i think i'll take some time to cover where i'm at in my recovery just so everybody kind of has a clue on what to expect moving forward uh and plus I get asked and it's it's doesn't um, it's not an annoyance or anything it's just easier if you can talk to everybody at once but I have so many people asking how I'm doing and it's very much appreciated so thanks to everybody who reaches out um and 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 cares because it means a lot for both of us I know
0: it does it means the world to us
1: all right so let's rehash a little bit so we'll see where I'm at the went in for the heart procedure. Uh, should have been routine, but as nothing in my life is routine, the uh, apparently uh, I coded on the table, which they said was only a half a percent chance of happening. So go figure. I could. You're a achiever. I could. I could buy lottery tickets and never hit the half percent. But
0: <laughs> you're a go getter, honey.
1: <laughs> but anyways, so apparently I coded on the table, which forced them to do CPR for uh, around two minutes. I was told. Uh, apparently they must have had the biggest doctors and nurses uh, with the biggest fist and and uh, arms on the planet because uh man my chest hurts We are <laughs> literally as we as we're recording this this is uh what, eight days after that procedure and I still struggle just breathing hard or moving or sleeping just because uh, other damage that it does to your ribs that's uh as I talked to the uh transition nurse uh, I was asking if they knew how many ribs uh were cracked or broken or any of that stuff and she just kind of laughed and said well if you don't if you're not cracking ribs you're not doing it right
0: yeah so that's correct
1: I guess that's a small price to pay absolutely but um the other stuff that goes along with it is I have a really severe lack of energy which I did not foresee happening. Um, when I had my heart surgery back seven years ago, I knew that was going to be a situation, but I didn't expect it from this. But apparently what what caused all this was a heart attack and that heart attack did some damage to the heart and uh, therefore the heart is not working at full capacity as it should be. And if it's not pumping the way that it needs to be, then you're just not going to have the energy you need to have. So, while I'm in the um healing process, it's gonna be a struggle. It's definitely been a struggle. I feel like that I have to be asleep for every hour that I'm awake to to uh make up for it, which is something I'm not used to. I'm used to four, five, six hours a night sleep and that's it. And uh heck the other night I went to bed at five thirty in the afternoon and didn't get out of bed till eight thirty the next morning. So I mean that's mm-hmm. unheard of. <laughs> And um, and then and then I'll be up for four hours and was ready to go right back to bed. So it's um, it's definitely an adjustment. Uh, I am taking my time, but it's also done some damage to the show. Uh, as far as um, uh, and I know, you guys are completely okay with it, but it's it's done. It's not allowed me to do what I would normally like to do. Um, I know this past week. I was not able to do an episode of, um, of um, what's the name of those shows we do? Dead what? Time, stories. Oh, Dead Time Stories?
0: Oh. I'm sorry.
1: See, as you can see, my concentration lacks a little bit, uh, but I'm not able, wouldn't able to do Dead Time Stories or Eerie Encounters. I wanted to, and I tried. I couldn't. And that's hard for me to admit because it shouldn't be that hard. Um, but luckily, um Shane Waters had included us on a Valentine special and I was able to put two episodes of that out so at least there was something up. Um, This week, I'm going to have to use another episode of uh, one of the Patreon episodes for our Sunday night like we did last week because I just didn't have it in me to research and and write. Um, This episode that we're doing right now, the only reason that actually is taking places because I wrote this in the hospital the day that I had my procedure. So, um, I actually,
0: before, well, <laughs> just in yeah. case you, you're probably like, Oh, I wonder what the story is going to be about. If you yeah. wrote it after.
1: Yeah. But it, no, it was, yeah, it was the, it was the day of, I wrote this at five o'clock in the morning before my procedure. Cause I was up and I actually felt halfway decent. Uh, but I mean, it's literally, I haven't written anything, uh, other than this. And that was, eight days ago i just uh i haven't had it in me and uh, i'm gonna do everything i can to get back to that but i have to do i guess what they're telling me to do and uh, just take it easy and i'll do as much as humanly possible and um we'll get back there but that's kind of an update on uh, where i am right now
0: so hopefully i know you guys will hang in there with us it really is so frustrating for him and i know it is but you guys are so wonderful and understanding, and he'll be back to his old self before you know it. Just yeah. taking a few extra days.
1: I'm li- literally struggling to tie my shoes just because of the bending over part, walk up and down the stairs, getting comfortable in the bed. Um, I, I told Tracy the other day, when, you, when you've got busted ribs, my situation is, is a little different than some because... I have um, really bad congestion at nighttime. So when I wake up in the morning, I literally uh, spend five or 10 minutes just clearing stuff out of my lungs. And that's like one of the most painful things that you can have happen. And a couple of days ago, I had to literally, at two o'clock in the morning, I had to pick up a pillow, hold it against my chest, and then I had to lean up against the door, the door facing to our bathroom, and just hold my, push myself up against there and cough, just to keep it from just hurting so bad. And that's just not something that you could even think about. Uh, the intense pain that that's—I told Tracy I think that's the most intense pain I've ever been through was that coughing fit that I went through, <laughs> just trying to something normal like clearing your throat and getting up some congestion turns into to a major deal and then every day you do that it just makes your chest hurt more so it's why it's taken forever for for that part to heal but all right so there's an update on where we're at where we're going and uh, i'm hoping that next week will be a lot better but tracy though today we're going to discuss a spiritualist by the name of william irving bishop i'm assuming you've never heard of him
0: I know. Can't say that I have. I have not made his acquaintance.
1: He was born in 1855. Don't get smart. I wouldn't go say nothing.
0: Okay. I thought you were going to slip something and in there.
1: Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's just played out. <laughs> <laughs> he was born in 1855. He was a very unique man, to say the least. He was from the U.S., and he's what we would call, at least back in that time, a mentalist. Now, the art of mentalism included hypnosis, clairvoyance, uh, telepathy, and several other gifts such as those in that in that range you would speak of. But he spent much of his earlier years exposing the tricks used by other mentalists.
0: So he was a cheater.
1: No, he was just showing other that, how other people cheated.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay.
1: A lot like. Um, a lot like Houdini did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of these people was a young lady by the name of Anna Eva Fay. He actually worked for her.
0: Anna Eva Faye.
1: Anna Eva Fay. The jerky thing about this is that he was actually her manager. So you would think you're making money off managing somebody, and that would have been a very profitable gig back in the mm-hmm. day. Those those spiritualists and mentalists made a lot of money mm-hmm. during that time, but he was only in his 20s and he was like, you know what, I'm managing her, but I feel like she's doing wrong and I'm mm-hmm. going to expose it.
0: Yeah. So That's so weird. He was very
1: young, but he had um, some credibility to him mm-hmm. and he definitely uh, was n- was not in the market to fool people. He exposed her tricks to the media in 1876. He then effectively became an anti-spiritualist. So now he's traveling around basically saying, you're a fraud, this person's a fraud, this is how this person does it, because he didn't want other people to fall for things. Mm -hmm. He even wrote a book exposing the tricks of other psychics. Washington would even perform Eva's act And explained the tricks as he went on. Then Washington stumbled upon something that he truly fell in love with. Thought reading.
0: Does that mean mind reading? Yes. Okay.
1: This happened when he attended a show by a gentleman by the name of J. Candle Brown. Now, Brown would later hire him as his assistant. Probably wouldn't if he knew his
0: history. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, yeah, probably not. Not a good idea.
1: Bishop would end up becoming one of the most talented thought readers in the entire world. He would ask a member of an audience to hide an object in a very specific location. He would then hold his hand on the wrist of that person as if you're checking for a pulse. Uh Ask them to quietly concentrate on the location of that object. Washington would then guess the location with amazing accuracy. Nice. He performed these tricks all over the world. Doctors were fascinated by his ability and felt that he must have some kind of a, a special part of his brain. Mm-hmm. Or, But it, they all felt like there was something with his brain that allowed him to do this. Yeah. So obviously they would want to study him. But Washington always said, that There was nothing special about him, this was just a trick that he learned. He said his brain was uh, not anything special, it was nothing paranormal. He claimed that he just had the special gift of muscular sensitivity. Uh. So he felt like almost like a human lie detector test. Okay, that he by some by holding a wrist and telling about their breathing patterns, okay, okay, and all that. Saying he could guess. Now, I still don't see how you could guess something was in I don't know, a purse of somebody else's right. based on Mm-mm. their breathing patterns and all that stuff, but that's what he did. He said he basically read thoughts from unconscious body cues, so like a tell in poker. Anybody that plays poker knows that sometimes people will kind of give away when they have a good hand or a bad yeah. hand. But that's pretty basic compared to being very specific.
0: Yeah, that is pretty you, specific. you can't necessarily
1: look at somebody's face until they got three aces and the, you know.
0: No, you can't. But anyways.
1: He read the people's actions, not their minds, and that's a quote from him. In eighteen eighty one, he was tested in London by William Benjamin Carpenter. Now, Carpenter felt that Washington's talent could be a great use to the study of psychology. but And, and you can see how that might be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Something mm-hmm. like that could come in. The study showed that Washington was guided by the indication unconsciously given through the muscles of the subjects. On May 12th, though, 1889, things were going to take a horrible turn. Washington Irving Bishop was performing at the Lambs Club in New York City. Now, this was a private theatrical society for the New York City elite. He was performing one of his trademark bits. And on this exact occasion, he had a member pick out a name in the club's logbook. Now, this was a really thick book. Mm -hmm. Okay. This was a book of nothing but members' names. He had somebody pick out a name and close the book and then come up to the stage where, obviously, he put his hand on the wrist and did the same thing. And he was going to attempt to to name one of thousands of names in this book. Oh, my gosh. That, this well, that would be so impressive. He did correctly guess the name.
0: No Much way. to the
1: audience amazement. But then he just dropped and passed out onto... The stage area. Doctors that were attending the show, of course, this was the elite, so there were several doctors in the audience. They ran to the stage and said that he was unconscious, but they felt like he would be fine. They just, people needed to give him some room. Mm-hmm. He was later taken upstairs to a bedroom where he was listed as in a coma. As of noon the next day, so we're talking probably 12 hours. Mm-hmm. 12, 13 hours, he was pronounced dead. What? Washington was 34 years old.
0: What happened?
1: Well, that's a good question, and that's going to make up the best part of this story. Later that day, May 13th, Dr. John Irwin and Irwin Hance and Dr. Frank Ferguson performed an unauthorized autopsy. John Irwin had always wanted to study Washington's brain. He'd been wanting to do it for years, and now he had the chance. He was not going to pass it up.
0: Okay, well, is that is that illegal to just do an autopsy without permission? Well, it was,
1: yeah, it probably was, but I'm sure that. the,
0: well, I guess back in the day,
1: 1800s, the laws were probably a little lax. There was going to be a huge surprise, though, and I'll tell you about that right after this sponsor break. All right, Tracy, when Washington's mother, Eileen, and his wife were reached to tell them about his sad death, authorities were informed by the two women that, on the contrary, Washington was not dead. He actually suffered from catatomic (gasps) seizures. This caused him to pass out, and his breathing was so shallow that he would appear to be dead, and he would sometimes blank out for up to 52 hours.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Then they were informed that, well, that might have been the case in the past, but he was definitely dead now because an autopsy had been done. Oh, my
0: Lord. And his
1: brain had been dissected. His mother said that if this was the case... Then the autopsy killed him. In fact, Washington carried a card on him that explained no autopsies for at least 48 hours after death for the exact reason that he had those specific seizures.
0: Well, where was this card at?
1: The doctor said no such card was found on his body. My guess is it probably was, and they just wanted to dissect him up and. Find
0: that anyway. is horrible.
1: Washington's mother and his wife claimed that Dr. Irwin ignored just to be they ignored the fact of his illness just to be able to examine his body.
0: I mean, I could see that since he said he's always wanted to check out his brain.
1: Charges were actually brought against the doctors, but um, they ended up in a hung jury, and there was actually no charges actually filed, So.
0: So it was their word against his, basically, since they didn't find the card. Right. Oh wow, that sucks.
1: Here's a little fun fact for you. Washington Irving Bishop was actually buried in Brooklyn's uh, Greenwood Cemetery up in New York, and as a tribute, his mother had the word "martyr" carved above his name on the headstone, and that's where he's still at today. No way. Yeah.
0: And he was only—he was so young, thirty-four i can't even imagine i mean what i mean if you're gonna have to if you're gonna do something like that you better make that daggone card or something obvious where somebody can see it
1: yeah i mean because i can't imagine if somebody died that i would root through everything in and that's what room.
0: i'm saying how would you know how would you know to look for such a thing
1: well you know and it got me thinking about this you know now everybody's got their their medical histories if you go to the doctor, it's, you know, it didn't matter if you've been to the doctor in in California and now you go to one in New York, you know, your medical history is all there on file. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we watch these old TV shows, like Emergency Mm -hmm. from the 70s. I mean, and and you'll see the doctors, it, it um, it almost seems like ancient history, but this was like in the 70s. And doctors on the TV show would be like, What's the doctor's name? We need to get their medical history. Like, mm-hmm. if you didn't know their doctor, mm-hmm. you had no access to their medical history.
0: That's true. And That's you think about,
1: remember, the, like, the bracelets that everybody mm-hmm. used to wear, the diabetic bracelets and stuff? You had to have those things, which is probably still not a bad idea just to speed the process up. But
0: No, I think those are a very good idea.
1: But, I mean, you know, there was a reason why those things were
0: made. They, mm-hmm. There
1: was a really very big need for those
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the past where now, you know, if, if somebody at least have my name, you know, they would be able to to, to know that every bit of history I've had medically.
0: Right. I mean, that would definitely speed up the process.
1: So if or it was a, like that, in a the, if it was something. like that in the 1970s, imagine what it was like in the 1850s, yeah. and 1860s.
0: That's just a real shame that that happened to him, though.
1: Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine losing somebody over greed because that's basically what it sounded like.
0: Well, I mean, but honestly, I mean, of course, the doctors, those doctors knew they were fascinated by him. But any common person like us or whatever, that wouldn't be something we would even think about. No. Oh, hey, I mean, I mean, it's just not something that's common. But
1: to play devil's advocate, you know, I would have been more fascinated by that. The fact that he could just pass out for 52 hours and seem dead Mm -hmm. than the other stuff he was doing.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: But uh, but realistically, I mean, how often did that happen to where, you know, playing devil's advocate, maybe they did think he was dead. Mm-hmm. Maybe they weren't just jumping the gun.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's easy to say that in hindsight 2020, 20, but I mean, if you got somebody that's been out for 12, 14, 15 hours, and they're show, not showing any signs of life, and you're a doctor, and you think they're dead, I mean... We know that happens. So people have been diagnosed as dead and woke up, you know, in, well, in was the casket. Recent. And yeah. So.
0: Oh, well, that's a shame.
1: Anyways, that's our story for you this week, guys. Hope you enjoyed it and um, a little update and everything for you. So bear with us. We'll get back to normal. It took me all day working up to be able to do this episode. <laughs> Literally, this, it shouldn't be. Under normal circumstances, but to sit here and do a 25-minute episode is literally exhausting. Yeah. And we'll it, be, we'll just, be back to yeah. normal. So,
0: Just thank you guys for bearing with us, and we love you all so much. Yep. And thank you for y'all's prayers, and I believe they were answered.
1: Thank you for everybody who sent cards and yes. stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. people, Some people sent us cards, and I was able to reach out to some and thank them if they were, mm-hmm. like, friends on Facebook or in the group. But some of them I didn't have ways yeah. to reach out, and I just wanted to let you know that it, it was— we received uh, a bunch of cards, a bunch of letters. Uh, Anna Kenyon's a sweetheart. Mm. Anna sent this. Oh yeah, you real need to nice, do that. Anna sent us sent me this real nice like satiny uh, kimono type uh, robe. It's got like a Japanese uh, dark blue with like a Japanese golden uh, feel to it, and then it's these beautiful slippers that match.
0: Yeah, we we'll need to take your picture so we can show yeah. what it looks like.
1: Yeah, I need to I need to do that. Maybe I need to get a pipe or something first because I think that <laughs> I think you have to to wear that. I think you have to have a pipe. Is
0: that right?
1: It's that Hugh Hefner look.
0: Yep, it so. was very sweet. You guys are awesome. We yes. can't thank you all enough.
1: And I, I I've got to say, it it wasn't our idea, but Tim Mullins um, got Tracy's approval and did a GoFundMe, and several of you have donated to that, and I wanted to say a big thank you. Uh, for that. It's something we probably wouldn't have done on our own. Well, he didn't really get my approval. Oh, okay.
0: He kind of asked about it, and I didn't respond, but I mean, he did it anyway.
1: Yeah, but, <laughs> but
0: it was so sweet. It, it's
1: it's a big thank you to yeah, to everybody so that did that because uh, I, I'm not in a situation where I have insurance, so unfortunately, uh, we'll we'll get the help that we need, obviously through the medical bills, and we'll take care of what we need to. Uh, but that definitely is going to be a big help, and we I want to say that that did not go unnoticed. I didn't want to not mention
0: that. So. Yeah, you guys. You all bless our hearts every single day, and I don't know what we'd do without you. So we, we just can't express how much you all mean to us. And thank you for thinking of us, and we are so excited to get um, our live shows are coming up. So we're very excited about that and hope to get to meet a bunch of you. So we're looking forward to it.
1: Yep, absolutely. Thank you, guys. We love you.
0: Love you all. Bye.